Good evening and welcome to El Fumar Takes. This is our 229th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplissy, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. I'm really looking forward to getting it started because it took a really long time to do so in the first place. Thank you for standing by during our technical difficulties. We're really anxious to get this show going and introduce our guests of honor in just a few moments. But before we get to formal introductions of the guests of honor for tonight, we do need to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Just a couple weeks ago, the Drew Estate announced that the limited edition Liga Provatica Unico Siri Pancetta, the four and three quarter by 50 short Bellicoso, is returning once again to Wooden Indian Tobacco Shop in Havertown, Pennsylvania, and Barrister Cigars in Union, New Jersey. Like all the earlier Pancetta releases, the 2022 edition will be available exclusively at these two stores. A union of two beloved powerhouses, Liga Provada Blends, Liga Provada T52, and Liga Provada Unico Feral Flying Pig. Liga Provada Unico Siri Pancetta combines Connecticut stock cut and stock cut cured Habano Kappa that wraps the Liga Provada T52 with Liga Provada Unico Siri Feral Flying Pig's bold Brazilian Matafina Capote and intense Nicaraguan Honduran Tripa leaves to present a majestic, savory, and space spicy hearty, intense, and yes, unforgettable smoking experience. So check out uh, Winded Indian Tobacco Shop in Havertown, Pennsylvania, and Barrister Cigars in Union, New Jersey to take a sample of this year's 2022 edition of the limited edition Liga Provada, Liga Provada Unico Siri Pancetta from Drew Estate. And welcome, everyone. Without further ado, it is my pleasure, my privilege to welcome back to tonight's show man who's been on my show several times and we actually had a very memorable show the last time he was on so without further ado sponsored by united cigars smoke one today and start living united mr rainier lorenzo of hvc cigars rainier how are you doing tonight my friend thank you man. thank you for having me and your joe once again thank you appreciate it oh it's it's such a it's such a blessing to have you back rainier thank you so much for joining me uh it's good to see you, my friend. Uh, in more ways than one, this was a this was a little bit of a test of testament of uh, of technical know how for me to get my computer up and running. I know that seems weird uh, to sound uh, to say, but uh, and yes, I did unplug it and replug it back in, and and I did make sure it was turned on. The power button was on, and everything. All the all the stupid pieces of advice people can give me, I'm I'm, I'm sure you, I'm I, I assure you, I tried everything tonight. So we got it up and running. That's the most important thing. So. But uh, my friend, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? Can't complain. I'm doing great here in Miami. Got to catch a flight tomorrow really early. But oh goodness! Here in Miami, actually, the weather today has been quite weird here in Miami. It's been raining, it stopped, sunny, raining. I don't know what's going on today here, but it's been fun. Can't complain. It feels less like Miami and more like uh, more like Seattle or something. Or yeah, sound like quite weird, cloudy, sunny for like. 40 minutes and it start raining again. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's uh it the weather's been kind of weird here lately too and everything. I mean, we've had I mean, we had uh we had tornado warnings a couple of days ago. Uh but that don't worry. You're you're fine. It might be a little bit drizzly tomorrow when you fly in, but um I know you're just got a connecting flight, so you should be fine as you get your as you make your way up to uh to where you're going and everything. So what what are you gonna you said you're heading uh, Kansas City way? Kansas City tomorrow, yes. Okay. What are you guys got a couple of events up there? What, what's 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 cooking up there for HBC? I just I I traveling with Ryan there with the Polars. Okay. The whole week there in Kansas City area. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful area. I really I really like Kansas City. 
uh, you know, the Kansas City proper, both the uh, both the Kansas side and the Missouri side. It's just a it's a beautiful part of the country, and it's a really nice town. Uh, I've always really enjoyed it up there and everything. So, uh, have you have you spent some time up there before? I'm sure I'm sure you've been up there a couple of times at least. Yes, right? I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, fantastic. Well, Rainier, I wanted to kind of get started with. I had some kind of like icebreakers planned and everything to kind of get us going and everything. So I, I I was you know I really don't have any room to talk now. I was going to actually bust your balls a little bit um but about something but i feel like i feel like I, I i shot myself in the foot with this whole technical fiasco so but anyway i i i will ask it this way what's up with the yankee hat lately man i've been noticing like all these pictures yeah, no, come on. <laughs> with all you the yankee fun i'm why, like man, why, i thought why, we were i thought why? we were friends you know we we're both back why, fans. Why, do, why do you have to bring that to the table right now i mean i, I was i mean at least for me i was expecting to go to the world series all right but they they cannot hit the ball. They they gotta figure out something there. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was it was. Uh, yes. I'm, it, well, I mean, listen. You got to the playoffs. My team didn't even sniff the playoffs. So I mean, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm not gonna talk too much shit about your team. I just I just thought I just thought you had better taste, man. I mean, we were both we're both Packers fans. I just didn't know where this game. I, I did. I can't believe I didn't know you were a Yankee fan. I, I I'm I'm just shocked. Yeah, like, that. I mean, the only thing the Packers this year. It's something, I mean, I was watching the game and I, I say, wow, it's, I don't know what's going on with Roy right now. They got to figure it out. That's, that's all they get. They got to figure it out. They get, they got to win games. It, yeah, my team, my teams are actually having dismal years. Well, except, except my college, uh, which is, which is ironic. Um, but <laughs> the TCU where I went to college, they're, they're undefeated in the big 12. So that's kind of exciting. But, um, but yeah, the Red Sox had a terrible year. The Packers are, the Packers lost to Detroit today, so I mean that just yeah, that just, just... <laughs> it was just like man, you can't get wow. I thought I thought I thought things could get bad. I thought it was bad when we lost to the Commanders and the Jets, and then yeah, apparently it's getting worse. So that's that's nice. It's comforting and everything. Uh, but... And then we played the Cowboys next week. I know, excited. Yeah, I'm so, I'm excited <laughs> to lose to them too. At least at least my uh, at least my friends here in Texas will be uh, will be happy with me considering uh, my team's sucking <laughs> up right now. So um, but let's, let's get started on a happier note here, Renier. I've got three cigars here that I'm really anxious to smoke one of them with you tonight. Um, um, the cool thing is, is all three of these uh, have been aged for a year, almost exactly. Um, so I have a San Isidro. What the, size? The Divinos, the six and a Divinos, quarter. The 48. Yeah, by six 48. and a quarter by 48, yeah. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I have the Grand Canyon, the six by sixty hotcake. Okay. And I have your tenth anniversary cigar as well. Oh wow, that's all, a really good lineup there. Yeah, so um, I would really honor me if you chose my first cigar for me tonight. So, I mean, your first cigar right there just started with the tenth anniversary cigar. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. That's it. The 10th anniversary, the HBC 10th anniversary, that's the one you should light it out now. Because it, All right. That's a nice medium plus blend that you can start with. So, because I mean, to me, the, the San Isidro and the Hakei is a little more full body. I mean, that really depends on your mood that you are right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just in the mood to smoke a good cigar. So I figured I couldn't mess with these three. So. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right, I'm gonna smoke the 10th anniversary. Have you smoked any I of them with about a year's a year's worth of age off of them? Or yeah, 
They, I mean, smoke, like, smoke pretty good. They really, they they really do really great. These city blanks, they're aging really, really well. Especially even they had cake six by sixty for a big rig gay cigar. Yeah, it's aged. I want I mean, to really, go ahead. I'm enjoying right now the hot cake Laguito number five, number four, mm -hmm. the fifty-two by four and a half, and this one is for about six months of aging. It's smoking incredible. Oh, nice. Yeah, I uh, I really wanted to see what the Grand Canyon would do. I'm not a big gauge smoker, uh, you know, as a lot of people know, but uh, I really wanted to see what that cigar would do with some age to it. Um, you know, it's becoming quite some people really favorite in the the cake line. You know, it's like like me personally, I've never been a really a, a guy that smoke bearing gay cigars, and when I talk to the guys and they know the hotcake line, they are smoking. The other lines, they they were like, do I, I really like the six by sixty, the Grand Canyon, the hot cake. They have a, a nice body. It's probably more flavorful compared to the other size when I smoke them. And I said, wow, that's that's quite impressive for a big ring gay cigar. I, I tell you the reason why I really like aging some of your stuff, and I really like experimenting with aging on on a lot of the HVC stuff, uh, Rainier is like. Cause I know, and we're going to, we're going to talk about strength blending strong cigars here in a moment uh, when we get to uh, a cigar of yours, but for the most part, um, you know, like what, when I had you on last time, it was, I don't know why it ne I never even occurred to me because I've, I've been smoking your stuff for so long and I've been such a fan of yours as you know, but like, I didn't even realize how that you used, I mean, uh, at the time you used exclusively visas and, uh, and secos. You know, I mean, and, so, and most of the blend always we have business and second, but we got some blends that we came out that we don't usually have. For example, the last cigar that we came out actually we started shipping last Monday was the HVC Black Friday 2022, mm -hmm. the limited edition that we do every year, right? And that specific blend, I just made the cigar just with secos and business, and that's it. Oh, wow, okay. I, yeah, I don't usually hear it at all in Dublin. And I oh, think, yeah. actually, I have really good feedback from the people that are smoking them already. And they say, wow, well, what a what a flavor for it, it. It has a really nice body, but the body is not really, like, I would like to say, not even seven. Mm -hmm. And a scale to one to ten in the cigar. It's so flavorful. I mean, always I say this, my, 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 you say, what, what, what is your favorite leaf in the tobacco? I would say Bissell. All right. No, and that's what I really, and that's why I've really enjoyed your cigars is just because it, it's a really unique blending style. Um, you know, and, and like Dion does a very similar team. Dion very uses very little Lajero mm -hmm. in his blends and stuff, but even your, but yours are different than like, yeah, you guys have very different, <laughs> it's ironic because you guys use some, like some of the same factories and everything, but you guys have very similar, uh, very different tasting cigars and everything. And that's what I've really enjoyed, like experimenting with aging of your cigars in particular is because I like to see what age does to these particular tobaccos. Because with Lajero, it's natural. Like, you know, you know that it's going to be the strength level is going to dip. And it's it, and very often, not all the time, but very often with cigars that are very Lajero heavy and they age, at least this has been my experience. Like the flavor goes with it, not intentionally. It's not like it's because it was blended poorly or anything like that. It's just because the strength played such a part of what made that cigar that cigar 
that when age kind of plays a factor into it, it kind of dips with it. But what I found like with your cigars and other cigars similar to it um, is that age can, yeah, like the, the strength level of, of dips, but it, it has a much less degree of dipping, if that makes a sense, because, you know, it wasn't strong to begin with. It was just very flavorful. The complement of the blend. Right. And, and at some point, that, that is all the thing, like, I, I, I mean, in my lifetime smoking cigars, sometimes I got the opportunity to smoke really, really old cigars, and the people give it to me, and, like, at some point, the flavor is completely flat. And that person, they told me, like, this cigar back in the day used to be, like, really a strong cigar. And, and the other thing is how you can compare a strong cigar for, like, I don't know, like, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, what is a really strong cigar today? And, and the other thing I really believe in long term, the flavor, the strength in the cigars will die. Why? Because it, it's a natural process with all the sugar levels and the component of the tobacco where it came down. Right. That makes sense. It's been, it's actually been a while since I've actually smoked the cigar. So this is, this is really nice so far. Like right off the bat, yeah, it's still got, it still has some really nice spice to the, the retro hail, the nose has still got a lot to it. I'm enjoying That's it. The thing, and the thing on eventually was the first time we came out with the Corojo 2012. Now when they bring that at the last year. The PCA and, and, and because the Corojo 2012, when you told I me mean, to me, to my to my palate, when you compare to 2000, Corojo 99 and, and mm. the 2012, you got the, the it's more delicate, more more finesse. So in the Corojo 99, you got more sweetness, you got more more body, I would put it that way. So when you combine there, that you remember the first time when I was there at the Waterhouse, the Aganosas Waterhouse, you're trying the, the Corojo 2012 and the Pilons, and and I was quite impressed by the finesse, the tobacco themselves, the little puritos bring to Jupale when you smoke in the Corojo 2012 themselves. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy I really like it. Nice. Yeah, no, it's uh, the, when I first spoke the 10th anniversary, like that was something that I definitely noted too. Was like it was like there was something similar, but it was very distinctly different. Like up until then, like there was like when I smoked like your cigars, you know, like before, like the Cerro, the Cerro Maduro, like the uh, the Concession 2011, like there was like this this identity or what I what we've called like a signature. Like those all, all three cigars tasted differently, right? But like there was something very distinct about it that was like, oh, yeah, that this this note, this flavor note was in this, it was in this, and this was in this. You know, it had this kind of this kind of compelling factor to it. And even in some of your other cigars too, they have this very similarity. But this this is something that I really remember smoking, and I was like, like if I had smoked this blind, I couldn't have. I I, I mean, I might have eventually gotten there, but my first five guesses probably wouldn't have been HVC. So like it, it's it's very it's very distinctly different, and it's still smoking fantastic with some area of age on it. So that's pretty that's pretty great. Um, but uh, you know, so what? I mean, you had to have been pretty happy with uh, with your. I mean, this was this was celebrating ten years in the business for near. So now it's now it's eleven, obviously. But I mean, what you know, if you reflected back on your ten years in the business? I mean, what 
what would you say was probably the most surprising thing to you? Like what, like. I mean, like, like, like when, when I look back when I started and when we are today, it's like, probably what I say, I would not change anything because I mean, like in the end of the day, when I look my background, and my family background there in Cuba, we, we not came from tobacco family at all, right? Like, like always I say this, like, like when I left Cuba in 2008, probably you told me I would be a, in a cigar business, uh, I would be lying to you, right? Mm-hmm. So because I was not expecting that at all, right? So that, that was really like, actually, the other day I was talking to my friend here in Miami, a friend of me, like we grew up there in Cuba, and then he would say, look, look at what, we are smoking cigars. Actually, that wasn't my in the office here in Miami. We were smoking cigars there. And he said, Imagine us back in Havana in 2006, 2007. You would think we were doing this now. That's not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really, a, a really like you still like, in the end of the day, you got that inside of you, like you can call like entrepreneur, right? You got mm-hmm. something entrepreneur that you say, like, hey, I'm going to do whatever, right? But like you, you would tell me probably would be in the cigar business. Nah, probably not. Yeah, I, remember, I mean, I mean, you went to school for. I mean, you were looking in the medical industry. Like, I remember that. So, like exactly, yeah, like that's that's quite like I would be like. I mean, because it, it would be different. Like for example, you come from a family of tobacco growers or mm-hmm. something like that. Probably you, you have a, a big chatter. Like you can, and if you really like what you do, like, and in the cigar business, well, that's not our case. Oh. I was I was telling someone about I was telling someone outside the industry about you the other day because uh, I was talking about my upcoming shows and I was telling them how you were going to be on it and and they they're outside the industry they they smoke cigars on occasion so they don't, they don't really they didn't really know who you were or anything but so I was telling them a little bit about your story and they're like, I was like yeah he's from he's actually from Havana I was like oh he's like oh well that makes sense he's in cigars and I was like no no this is actually <laughs> This is actually really different. And he's like, oh, really? And I said, like, he he didn't come from a tobacco family. He's like, yeah, but he's from Havana. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to say this. Like, not all Cubans smoke cigars. Yeah, not all like- Cubans <laughs> grow tobacco. Not all Cubans make cigars. That's not how it is, man. Like, 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 um, and he's like, well, I'm sure he, like, knows some people. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'm sure he knew people that were in the cigar business. Yes, that's probably where it ended. I was like, but I was like, he has a really unique story. And, like, he went... He, you know, he came to this country for, you know, he was going to go into the medical industry and, and, uh, you know, it, it was just a complete, you know, a complete, almost, almost out of nowhere thing and journey that kind of uh, ended up being this, which is, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, I look back on the 10 years, you know, Rainier, that I've, that I've been smoking your cigars and, you know, I've probably known you for, you know, eight of those 10 years. And, Mm -hmm. and I look back and seen like, just like, like how, not only how much you've grown, but like, uh, like, the the popularity in which your cigars have kind of have kind of taken on and everything and like y'all are still a very small company still very family owned uh, but in a lot of ways this year you kind of you almost kind of went back to scratch uh, back to square one here and we're going to get into that here with tonight's major point so tonight's major point is always brought to you by the people yes yeah, cigar people the people who know everything about a lifetime of service protocol cigars is more than just pool parties and good times well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's about what their life's work has been and always will be about. 
power of the P protocol cigars. So Rainier, you like I was saying a second ago, you you kind of this year you kind of went back to square one in a lot of ways, but in an exciting way. At least I think it's exciting. You guys opened up your own factory. So mm-hmm. um, um, it sounds like sounds like you got at, at the time of the I guess at the time of the opening. I think you guys have about nine pairs for people who don't know what that means. That's about eighteen people rolling cigars. Um, so, I mean, obviously very small, very boutique and everything. I mean, but I mean, let's start with the obvious question, Rainier. I mean, why did you decide to open your, open your own factory? I mean, that does, I mean, that first is it, something like I, I always lose the business in long term. And, and, and the other part is, is passion and love. And I remember when I started, that's, that's something that you, me, as a person, I say, I want to do this. Right. So this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. So this so, is always and, part and of the plan. plan. Yeah, that, that, that's always been there oh, because, wow. like, I mean, like, 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 like thinking in long term as a business, I always want to have that. I say, yeah, I want to have a factory. Why not? And, and people told me, like, are you growing tobacco? I say, no, we're not growing tobacco, but later on, probably we will. So we're going to start growing tobacco as well. But it's all about the process, right? It's right, like, right. Like, like you said, you got to, like, like in life, step by mm-hmm. step. So... And like you say, we have a small boutique factories with nine pairs, and we're really happy about it. That, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I hadn't, again, you learn something every time you talk to somebody, but like, yeah, I had no idea that that was, that was part of, that was part of the plan all along. So that's, I mean, that's really great. And so, and then you're eventually going to start growing. So you, you kind of want, you're going to go the whole vertically integrated route. You, you want to do everything from, yeah, from, like, from the I mean, seat to shelf here. Okay. Well, well, always like, like, like I say, when you look at long term, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, I mean, it's important that look, when you look at the big families and the cigarette industry, the people that have been a long time, that's, that's the way they do. And when, when you like something, when you have passion for something and you learn every day about that, that, that to me is, is uh, I say this, I remember back in 2009 when Eduardo invited me to go to Nicaragua and he showed me all the process. I was really impressed with the process of all the tobacco. What really tastes when you growing the seeds, when you plant the seeds to smoking a cigar, it's unbelievable process. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely exciting to see again and to see how like you've grown and how it's kind of come along with this process. So, uh, okay, so I have to ask this question, okay, because like, okay, we've. I've talked about this with numerous people. I've probably you and I've even probably had this discussion. Like cigars is cigar making is like if you're an impatient person, it's like the worst thing you could ever do with your life because like you you have no, to. No, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. So when you look at this long term big picture that you've been saying, um, that you've been saying for the last couple of minutes and everything, I mean, this has been, I mean, so like, do you look? Because so. Let me let me use this as an example, Rainier. Okay, and this isn't. I'm not trying to. This isn't a knock. I I want to make. I hopefully I'm making your point for you. But like, your booth at the PCA trade show has been the same size, right? You've had different products and everything, but it's been the same size for. I mean, as long as I've been going, so five six years, right? Um, I don't know what it was before that, and um, but it's been pretty consistent and everything. But it's been pretty consistent. It's always busy. You know, you've always, you know, I know you're growing each and every year, obviously you're, you know, you've got new products coming all the time. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of innovation, there's a lot of creation and everything, but when you look around and you see like some other companies that have like, 
have been around as long as you have, and maybe their booths are larger, or maybe they're a little bit further along in the process. Does that frustrate you at all? Or, you know, the course you've got and you're, and you're sticking with it. No, I mean, like, usually for the part, it's like, we know where we want to grow. Like at the same time, I say, when I say a long term, I, I want to be in the business. Like maybe I, I can be wrong. Maybe something happened and say, hey, but I want to be in the business for 15 years. I want to be in the business 70 years. Hopefully my little boy, Luciano, this one year and a half now, he can carry the business. We still keep going. For me, when I think in long term as a business, I'm not thinking in the next year, in the next five years. I'm thinking here, like, let's go future. Like, like the, the business to me is, is like that, right? Like, mm -hmm. no matter how hard it can get, you never get up. It, it, it's the way, like, to see how it grows. And for the other part, for the booth, it's like, I always say, you don't need really a big booth to sell cigars. It doesn't yeah, matter. No. I mean, like, it doesn't matter you have, like, 100,000 booths or two booths or one booth. If people like your stuff, people will stop buying and buy you cigars. That's true. No, that's absolutely true. No, and it's like I was saying, it's always busy. You're you're always got innovative product that you're coming out with. So it's never like it's might be the same for someone who like has maybe passed your booth, you know, year over year and has never has never happened to stop by. They might think that 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 it's the same, but there's so much going on. And 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 to that point this year, you know, you launch your own factory, the Fabrica de Tobacos. HVCSA. Now, where is it located? Is it in Esteli like most of the other ones, or is it somewhere else? That, that, downtown Esteli. Okay, downtown. Basically, Esteli. when you when you say downtown Esteli, it's like I mean, it's like I mean, you know, Esteli. You're talking about really a small town. We are right there in the middle of the city. Okay. All right. So okay, and like you said, so pretty small. Like in the area that in the in the space that you're in now, the factory. Like, how many more pairs do you think you'll be able to take on before you have to think about expansion or moving or or something like but that? I, right there, I have capacity to put it like twenty pairs. Okay. Okay. So, so twenty about, pairs. You were talking about like probably like uh, like two million songs and cigars a year. Yeah, so almost like double the size at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, awesome. So, I mean, so what, so, okay. So you, you, you're obviously just starting this, right? And so that doesn't mean like with your existing relationships, like with Tapsa and Aganorsa Leaf, like where, where did, like, are you still getting cigars made by them? The, how, how is that working? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, right now in the factory, you always focus on new stuff that we mm -hmm. came out already with. So we're working on new cigars already for next year. And Tapsa is still making my other cigars, like the Cerro line, the San Isidro line, the 2015 line, the Hurricane line as well. Okay. Is the, I mean, is that, and you don't have to tell me, Rainier, if, if, if you don't know or if, if it's all in the air, but like, is the plan to eventually move those over to where everything will be in your own factory? Or do you want to kind of keep things that are working in, in one place and kind of start anew in another? I mean, that really depends. Let's see the way that we keep growing as a business. So at okay. some point we can grow in that. Eventually we will move all the production to the factory. But let's see the way that we, we can keep up with the production, so they can make a cigar for us as well. So, so they were so they were on board when you like. I mean, I mean, did you go? Did you like ask? I don't know how this works. So I forgive all these like weird questions in here. But like, did you like ask <laughs> them for their blessing or anything like that, or did you say, hey, did no. you just go to them and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this, but that's not going to change yeah, we our are, relationship I, over here. Okay, we we always have like great relationship with them. So like we still more like like family. So for them, it's nothing like 
they say, hey, no, I'm not going to make cigars anymore with you guys, so I'm going to start making my own cigars. Actually, I buy most of the tobacco from them, and I still buy the tobacco from my factory for them as well. Oh, okay, okay. That was going to be one of my other questions. Okay, so that, so because that was like, because I saw that the new 500 and the uh 500 anniversary the, the salomon, salomon is made mm-hmm. at your fa- your new factory yep. mm-hmm. so that was going to be my question was like you know what about did the blend change did like tobacco yeah same, so it's the same. same blend you're the size okay same blend different size same blend yeah different rollers it's all different rollers correct yeah. mm-hmm. all right okay well and the other one was the selection number one right the, the one new the new sugar the, the new one with the Quite a strong, and then we launched just the Black Friday right now that we did it. That we started shipping this one. So just three cigars so far. Three cigars so far, correct? That are yeah. that are in the marketplace. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, that's that's really, and it's awesome. Um, I mean, it's no like the the, the beauty of this is like you say you hope we have to come out with like like, like me as a person I like to come out with new blanks, I like to create things. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I always I say this, like you want to keep growing with the with the stuff that you have in place. You want the people know you all the lines. But at the same time, for me, it's like, well, what's new, right? What what flavor you can bring out quite different in the market that people mm-hmm. will enjoy, that people will like it. No, absolutely. I, that, that, I mean, that, that's always me in my mind when, when I am down there blending a cigar. It's like, Okay, I have these like ten blanks already on the market. Mm-hmm. How we can can create another blank? It's still the HVC signature, the thing that we really are looking for, but it has to be different from what I have already in my portfolio to bring to the market. I, I always think in that way, you know, to give the consumers something quite unique and special from what I have already. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say too. Is we kind of I wanted to go into the, the I guess the marquee cigar the the marquee cigar that's being done at your new factory, which is the, the selection number one, which was released this year. So, um, so I've, 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 uh, I actually have not, I've actually not smoked it yet. Um, I'm excited to, because again, this is something again, like you said, different from the rest of your portfolio. This is a very strong cigar. Um, I've seen, I've seen people that are telling, I've seen people like some people have written reviews that say that this is the strongest cigar that they've, that one of the strongest cigars that they've smoked in the last five years. I mean, that's, that's, that's bold. I mean, that's, that's pretty I strong. Mean, like, like, that, that, that's something like I say, when I want to create something, I say, I want to do completely different from what I have already. Right. right? So okay. when I say the selection number one from the factory, I want to put it like, like, I remember, like, when I was telling people that you want to smoke the cigar, smoke it after dinner, or make sure you have food in your stomach because the cigar, is, to me, is, is a really full, full body cigar. I mean, that's what I, that's what I've been hearing. I'm I'm really sad that I, I haven't had the chance to smoke it yet. I'm really excited to because again, I want it. I love strong cigars, but what I've said, like what I was saying earlier about what I've liked about your blending, is just that that's that just up until this point that really hasn't been your thing. They've been flavorful. And which is why I really enjoy them, mm-hmm. but you just haven't really gotten to that strong part of your portfolio. So I'm really excited to smoke it um, because I, I know that, I mean, there'll be something completely different from you that I've never had before. And that really kind of excites me and everything. So that's, so that's on, that's on the shelves currently, right? That's already been shipped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can find it at your, your, your uh, local uh, purveyor who carries HVC. So that's, 
what when you went into this okay so we talked about this last time you were on my show i don't think you remember this but we went into the the mindset of blending and how you were talking about how you took ves- visos and secos to make these very flavorful blends and we kind of broke a couple of your things down a little bit so let's kind of break the selection number one down a little bit too so like you're like okay i want to create a stronger cigar so like where did you start did you start with did you start wrapper and then work your way in did no. you start filler and work your way out like how did that how did that go no i def i actually and that one i did from in now because it was like i, I working with some farms that was hasn't working before from Aganosa farms okay and the and the visos they working on that's some visos that we never put it and the other blends was hvc okay and the and the ligero that i'm using is a ligero from a different farm that doesn't go in the farm as well so that's why when you smoke that cigar i say well this is this is what i'm looking for in this because like i say to me it doesn't make sense for me for example one of the most full body cigar that we have at the special edition 2015 right san andres maduro wrapper the cigar is medium full but it's not in the full full size like the selection number one so when i did it, this blend i remember i was putting the a, a couple of different ligeros on and I tried with a different visos from different farms. And when I got this visa from this specific farm from Esteli, I said, wow, this is this is what I wanted. This is what I want to bring to the table. This this powerful, but I think at the same time it's, it's flavorful. Mm-hmm. But the body is, I would like to say probably it's like nine. Well, the uh the cigar that the, the, the vitola that I'm because it comes in three vitolas. You've got your short mm-hmm. robusto, the four and a half by fifty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the es- essentialis, which is like essentialis, a, yeah, a corona, corona gorda, corona gorda, yeah, five. It's like five and five eighths by forty six, right? Correct. Okay, and then then uh, the 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 poderosos, the poderosos. Well, you have that's you you. I was gonna say yeah, that's what I was about to say that you used it before. That's a six by fifty four. You used that in the uh, uh, the the La Rosa, right? Wasn't that one of one of the the sizes? You La Rosa, it? no, no. But you've used that name no. before, haven't you? Or am I compl- I'm making that up? No. No? Poderoso, okay. So I never used the name before. Okay. I'm yeah. completely making that up. I apologize. But you've done a 6x54 before, correct? Yeah, 6x54, yeah. Okay. 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 At least I wasn't, I was, I was only half wrong. <laughs> um, and, the name, and, and, and the name Poderoso is funny because it's probably, if you look at the, the name and the cigars, they usually are looking more like, in the mano style, you don't see the, the poderosos, even the essentiales, right? Poderosos mm-hmm. is, 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 is a powerful word, right? Mm-hmm. Like a power word, I say, the cigar is quite strong. I say, well, let me put it, it's a poderoso. So it's like, and actually, my favorite size in that one is the 46. The Corona got the size and the selection number one. Yeah, the the uh, the NCLS is the, is the one that I'm going to definitely be shooting for, and I could see how that could be a lot. Probably that that might be one of the stronger of the three sizes too, because of that smaller ring gauge. Um, but it's uh, so it's so it, like you said, it's sex. It's uh, it's a San Andreas wrapper from Mexico. The yes, uh, the binder uh, the binder and filler are both Nicaraguan, but you both you have Esteli yes. and Yalapa in the filler, correct? Yes. Okay. So I bet that sweetness from the Jalapa really kind of really complements the blend. So you're not just like smoking pure power, right? There's, it's got, it's there for like some balance. It's got some nice balance to it because of that. 
Yeah, I mean, pero, pero the, the visos, actually, I use some visos as well from the stellar region. They are quite powerful. Like, if I don't tell you those visos, probably I can see somebody say, hey, look at this visos. They will tell me, oh, that, that looks more like a ligero. And it's visos. They are not ligeros. So they, they, in that blend, we use some powerful visos from Estelia as well. So there's no ligero in the cigar? Yeah, it is. It is a ligero. Okay. But at the same time, we have visos from Estelia region okay. that are really powerful too as well. I was like, I was like, wow, that's that's incredible. Uh, if it's like what? No, I mean the, the the only blanks that you say like we don't use ligero at all. Mm -hmm. We did it in La Rosa, mm -hmm. and the Black Friday that we did it this year is not ligero at all. Okay. I mean, you, me, I like I like the person. I always you told me like I like ligero in the blends because to me the ligero bring a little up and body and a nice flavor as well. Okay. So that's why I like, I like to put a sunny head on it. But sometimes when you tell people, well, I did a cigar just without ligero. And they would say, well, what do you mean without ligero? No, yeah, yeah. you can make blanks just visos and secos. It's, that, that really how depend you, you, you combine there depending what flavor you're looking for, right? So that really depends on the person that's blending what, what in the end of the day, you, you you can do whatever you want when you're blending a cigar. That sure. really depends how that would be in the market. Right. That totally makes sense. So here's another question. So we're going to get a little bit into the economics of cigar making here for a second. So th this is a question that I wanted to ask you because I, when, when I heard you opened up your new factory and that you were releasing a cigar from it, like in the back of my mind, I was like, I was really excited, you know, but like I was starting to go through all the different things of it. And then I started thinking about the economics, right? Okay. So now you got to, you got to, you've got your own operation now. That means, more expenses. That means all the, all the stuff. Right. So, and that means you're probably getting, you're out, you're still out, you're still outsourcing tobacco. I mean, you're out, but you, you weren't, you're not technically part of another factory anymore. So I know that has to be more expensive, right? So you're purchasing tobacco rather than outsourcing mm -hmm. it or using what's available to you in an existing, in an existing factory. So I started thinking about all these things and I was like, wow, it, I mean, this is, this is exciting, but I said, this is probably going to be a pretty expensive endeavor and the first like the like it's going to be expensive cigars and that's what i think one of the things that have been really great about you renier is that like you're one of those boutique brands like it it makes sense to me when a boutique brand charges a lot of money for cigars or is uh, a little bit on the higher end you know because it's like hey they're it's small right they're not buying you're not buying it you know in bulk like you know some of these like some of the much larger companies so it makes sense you know you're not vertically integrated like you're trying to be right and so it it makes sense, but I mean, the selection number one, your first cigar out of your, the one we're talking about, the uh, the uh, the uh, in, the Corona Gorda, the Encilialis, is only like what? It's like eight fifty, nine bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> how does that work? Like I everything mean, like, we're seeing I, right I, now I, in the market's like fifteen dollars plus, and you're still coming out with I stuff mean, that's everything. Like like when you think about the economy, right? Everything is so expensive right now. The tobacco wood is through the roof right now in Nicaragua. The fertilizers is through the roof there. The people that grow tobacco has been crazy with the price of the fertilizer. So like, uh, but to me, in my mind has always been like I wanted the people smoke my cigars. I wanted I. I wanted the people to try HVC and that, that the price point for me is always, I want to be in that, that sweet price point. For example, we did the Salomon and the Salomon is almost $14 a cigar. But when I came out with that the makes selection. Sense. Like, that makes sense to me though. 
So when I came out with the selection number one, even the boxes, you can see the boxes that we, we pay a lot of money for those boxes. So I say, even the Poderoso, I'm going to charge for the Poderosos, the 54, just not even $11. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's always a big in my mind like that. I, I never want to go really like up, up there for... Well, you're not going to get any complaints from me. I mean, I appreciate it. Like, I was really excited <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, well, this is going to this is going to be an easy box purchase for me too. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's really exciting Rainier, when we see we're we're seeing a majority of, and, and it's, it, it's explainable, right? I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody who's got to do it. Like, and I know you raised prices this past year too. Every, you know, like people have to raise prices. I get it. And, and, but with like every, like new really every other new release that we're seeing, you know, again, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to knock anybody, but like every other new release we're seeing is just like, it's like $15 plus $15 plus. And it's like, man, this is becoming the new standard. And then here you are, you're launching your new factory. You're taking on all this other additional expense. And you're like, here's my first cigar from a new factory. And it's eight bucks. It's like, Oh, sold. Like, that's awesome. Like, I mean, that's really, I mean, it's, that's really exciting for your fans um, that they're not, that they're not having to, to pony up a lot of extra money to try these new exciting things that you're coming out with, which is really cool. So that's really exciting. But yeah, that was just something that was really curious to me. It was like the economics of like, I don't understand how this works. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is exciting. I mean, it's great. Like, I mean, don't raise your prices. I mean, unless you have to, but like, I'm, <laughs> it's, exci it's exciting stuff for sure. I, I mean, I'm genuinely excited to see what you do uh, with this and, you know, taking the tobacco that you've worked with before, because you said you're using Agnorsa, but allowing, now you're going to start growing your own and everything like that. So let's talk about that. You said you're, you're going to go into gr growing your own tobacco. Like, how does that start? Have you guys, have you guys looked at any farms yet? Have you guys purchased any farms yet? Like, where are y'all at in that process? No, not yet. We have okay. something like I say to you, that's something like we're seeking them in long term as a picture in the company. We want to do that, but we haven't looked at any farms yet. We haven't talked to any farmers yet. Okay. Okay. So when, like how, so, so when you were, when you were working specifically in Topso and you would go and they would say, Hey, Rainier, here's the tobacco that we have for you, for your blends, or this, this is the tobacco that's available for you that you want to make new blends from. Like, is it still like that same process? You just have it now, now you're, I mean, now you're purchasing from them and instead of actually just doing stuff. It, it never been like that with them. Like you say, well, this is the tobacco that we have from Yale. With them, I always have the green light. Like you say, like, hey, you try there and you pick what really you like. Mm -hmm. Because the, that's the beauty. Like, I mean, every time, I mean, not even for me, the other guys, like you say, the John, the Warp, the Melillo, all these guys, when they work, and they, they pick what they want, what they mm -hmm. really want for their blends. And, and, and that's the beauty to work with Aganosa because, I mean, they, they have so much tobacco on it. Like in the end of the day, you pick what you want to buy. It's not like if I would be, I would, I would see some bells or something that I don't like it for my palate. I say, hey, it's simple as that. This is not for yeah. me. It's not work for me. Maybe that work for somebody else, but not for us. I think that's why, I, I, you know, to pause for a second, just go beyond HVC for a second. I think that's what's really incredible about, um, you know, about the Fernandez family and what they've built at Aganor Leaf. Cause like it, you know, you just mentioned a few other people who make cigars there and yeah, you can pinpoint some similarities, but like all of you have like your own very distinct identity. Like 
Nick's stuff mm-hmm. does not taste like yours. Dion's stuff does not. Dion and you are probably like the closest, like in terms of fa- like I would put them in like the same family group, but they're both very distinct and different. This is just my opinion. Um, you know, Kyle's done some interesting things that are completely different too. His, I find his blends out of Tapsy to be oh. a lot more earthy. Where I find yours to have more like, like there's a lot more, com- and I don't mean this as a dig to Kyle, but there's a lot more like citrus and complexity and there's a lot more like there's a lot more comp yeah there's a lot more complexity to like your blends I mean, that, 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 that's always to me it, it's like the beauty the, the the people have the freedom to make their own blends when, mm-hmm. i mean for, for whatever company always it's like to me like you blend and what you really like mm-hmm. and, and and that's the that's the beauty uh, as a freedom as a person as a blender as a company like to be able to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like you say, you mentioned all these companies, like they made cigars there. Even, even you can have other companies that buy tobacco from Aranosa as well. And, and when you're smoking a blend, well, cigar they came out, you will say, well, but this is different. Well, that's because that's the way they like to blend in the cigar, right? Right. And in the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all how you put the materials, how you combine farmers from different regions to get something you need that you really like. I always say this and it, and it maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's the beauty. Right. No, I, I a hundred percent agree, man. This, this one year old 10th anniversary is smoking phenomenal right now. Holy crap. It's really good. This is really fantastic. Wait for you to smoke that. I would like to see what you think about the, the new black Friday, 2022. We only had it. I'm yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to smoke that. Um, and that actually, that's a great, really great transition because like, I wanted to talk about the Black Friday project because, um, you know, Rainier, like this is we we talk about, you know, in the cigar industry, like there's like there's, every, you know, there's this really big clamoring for limited edition cigars, right? Like the 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 consumer is really hot for some of these limited editions and some have been successful. Some have not been. And like, you look at some of the most successful, like limited edition runs, right? Like when you think about like the monster series, what Pete Johnson does with Tatuaje, Mm -hmm. or you could even say in, you could even say like what, even what like Fuente does with Opus, like all the little separate Opus projects, not like Opus X, just not just Opus X, but all the other Opus Xs. Um, or Las Calaveras with crowned heads, you know, they, these have been like staple mainstays every year. Here it is, but I would say pretty quietly, but very with uh, with for, with force though. The Black Friday limited edition project has been a pretty successful limited edition series. Like, I mean, not just for you, Rainier. I'm just talking about in general. Like, when you look at the industry, it's been one of the more successful ones. Uh, and I mean. Because it's been around 2015, 2014, yeah. 15. Okay. I mean, like that—that that was a project that came out. I remember, like when I talked to the lawyers, I say I want to try Mar Black Friday. They were, what do you mean? I said, yeah, I want to try Mar for, for cigars, Black Friday. And they were, whoa, let, let me let me check. And there, there was a beer company that had the name Black Friday, and they were, you you can try Mar Black Friday for cigars. And, 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 my, and my idea was like, this is what I want to come out every year. And we're never going to replicate this blend. Always is going to be completely different size and a completely different blend. Right. 
you have to buy what this year. If you don't buy it this year, we cannot come out with the market anymore. The only thing is the same, always as 50 count boxes. That's the right. way we set up that. And, and, and it's been like that since we did it. Yeah, they, and, and to like me, the it's like, 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 uh, I am my mind and my point is, uh, and the other thing is the price point, like we were talking about before, right? So I, I'm giving the consumers something super, super special, super limited for a reasonable price point that you have one time to purchase and buy it, and that's it. Right. Right. So, I mean, I mean that, that's. Go ahead. I'm That's, sorry. I mean, like, 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 I mean, I, me personally, I'm really, I, uh, I, I love smoking cigars. Like right now, this is my fifth cigar of the day. And like, if you are really a consumer that you really smoke a lot of cigars and you, they, and you got something special like that, that to me is like, 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 wow. I think the one that I smoked the most of, I, and I actually did buy, I did buy a cabinet of it was the 2018, the five by 50. It was the mm-hmm. same. It's the only one. It's the only one with the Mexican wrapper, if I remember correct, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and then, but this is one. This year's is a five and a half by fifty. So similar size, as you said just a moment ago. They're all no, different blends. Five, five and a half by fifty. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So completely different blend. The the wrapper's from Ecuador, right? It's a it's a it's a Habano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ninety two. Uh, and you've described it as a Habano Cafe. Is that correct? Yeah, Habano Cafe. Correct. And and you've had Habano cafes before, yeah. I have Habano cafe before in the Black in the, Friday, in, in but the, but this is is this the first time you've done it with Ecuador though? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first time it's been. So that's pretty unique too. So not only is it like you said, it's, it doesn't have Lajero. It's got a completely different wrapper that you've, you haven't used before. And then this year also you have and the other the, one and the other one. Wait, the, let me correct that one. Like the two thousand. The twenty that was the twenty that we did at the forty six, yeah, the five yeah, and the five 20, by, 46. The 40, the, by forty six that was a bonus as well. Okay, okay, but a little, a little more, a little more dark because I mean the, the name the cafe always I try to like when you see the rappers the abanos you know apparently you're talking about probably right now, I mean I think there is now any other more popular rapper out there the abano rap. So when you look in general the whole picture and, and the cigar industry out there. And the color, I always pay attention to the colors and the wrapper and always we try to stick with the colors. When I say cafe, it's like you can have claro or you can have dark. Now even Maduro, right? Now even a Maduro, you can have Habano dark, that's a little more up on the cafe, or you can have cafe claro. Mm-hmm. So that's when you see them, that's that, that's the way, that's why the name I always I came out with it. This is color like like cafe, like coffee to me. Yeah. That's always when I came out with this name, like because I mean it's not a Maduro, but at the same time, it's not even like like a claro like we use in the Corojo 99, you can see in the in the Connecticut. Well, it's even like completely like if you look at last year's, right? The first the one you used the broadleaf on, like that yeah. that was dark. Well, I mean that was yeah, I mean that was almost black, right? Mm-hmm. And like if you compare it to even this year's, like this one looks even. I mean, it's not you would not if you just looked at this cigar by itself, the the 2022 by itself, you would not say, oh, that's a light looking cigar. But it compared yeah. to last year's, I mean, it's night and day. Like it's not in terms of like the shade, like of how it looks. But like, 
but this year's is, is, is still very dark as well. This is the first year you're actually putting the secondary band on it too, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. So you got the, the red band of 2022 on it. Actually, it's not red. I, actually, the band is not red. You look, it's more like, like orange. Okay. Yeah, it's like, more like quite like when you see it, it's more like, like uh, orange, looking more like a red, but not red. Like the Sir, like, but not as light as like the Serie A, not like the Serie yeah, A. Yeah, exactly. Not, 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 okay. not like the Serie A. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, is that, did you decide to put the secondary band on it? Because like you, because again, you, this is the seventh year that you've done this. Is it because you're like, I mean, well, like, you want to tell the difference? Like, you know what? It's like, let me put it the name on it the year. Let me put it the year only with secondary band to put it like 2022. I mean, or, or you say probably I cannot put it out that one because I mean, even the size has been completely different size. Since we start with, so mm-hmm. like what I say, let me make something more like, I don't know, my more beauty or more fun with, I would, I would call it more beauty. I would well, put it that way. I think it makes sense because if you're going to continue the series, like we've been talking about, and as it becomes more and more popular, like it has been, I mean, people are, people already probably are collecting them. And yeah. so, I mean, I they're, they're going to want I to. Quite a few. Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're probably gonna to want to, to be able to tell the difference. Other than like like you say they don't have the box anymore, right? They want to be able to tell the difference instead of like trying to figure out. Okay, well this is I think this is the size for the layman, right? The person who doesn't understand, like me, I can tell what a five and five eighths by forty six is, right? Like I know what that looks like and I can tell. But like to the normal layman, like they're not gonna be able to tell. Like okay, is this this you know is this the sixteen or is this the eighteen? Like what is it? You know. But uh, like, so I think that that's, that was really cool that you decided to do that. Now, in, let's going back a couple of years with the 2020 um, in 2020, you had two black Fridays. You had the special project with two guys. You had the, the firecracker, yeah. the, the fire, three and a half by 50. Cracker, so was that the same blend as the, Actually, that, okay. that was the same blend that we did it last year, but because of the size of the cigar, you have to twist it. It's okay. always like that, and, and, and I wanted people to understand this when, you, when you're blending a cigar. Sure. It's impossible to have in a blend the same you do it with 52 to put the same tobacco that you want to put in a 46, right? That, yeah. that, that, that sounds, it's not going to work. It's simple as that. You have the same amount of tobacco when you want to, always I say this, remember, when you're blending, when you're going up, it's, it's easy. But when you go down, that's when things get really difficult. So, because of the firecracker size, so you have you got to twist it to get the aromas and flavor that you're looking for in the regional blend. That's how you have to play the with the tobacco there. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, okay. it makes sense because I mean, like, think about this. I always say it's like you cook. Like it's not the same when you cook for like two people. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to cook for, for for fifty people, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's one of the, um, I, again, I'm not a big age smoker and I know you're not necessarily the biggest fan of them either, but like, I, I think that's one of the things that drives me crazy about people who. I can hear you. I can No, I can't. I, I I cannot hear you. I can.
You cut it off. I cannot hear you. Yeah, I cannot hear you. Rainier, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. I don't have any idea what you say in the last minute or two. No, what I was saying. No okay, so, <laughs> you just saw my hands flying everywhere. Yeah. So what I was saying was like one of the things that drives me like crazy about big people who don't understand big gauge cigars. Like I'm not a big gauge fan. Like you know, typically, you know, I, I do like there are big gauge cigars that I enjoy, but it's just not one of the ones I gravitate towards. But like the people who like say like, oh, if they're 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 too they're overfilled so they're they're there's too much filler in it and like and like when you talk about the ratios of tobacco that makes sense but like the components are there like the one the, the hot cake you're smoking versus the 61 that i have the grand canyon like the components are the same it's just they're tweaked to make sure that you're getting you know as much of a similar experience as possible so what it like so you don't have this grand difference like there's going to be a difference no matter what but you you want to keep them consistently is, is that is that fair no in, in the end of the day what you really want is the flavor profile the balance the clean finish that you were looking for right so like when you do a blend in the 50 or 52 if you jump to 60 ring gauge you want the cigar taste the most same as possible when you start it oh absolutely 100 percent. so 100 percent. so all right. Well, wanted wanted to go into a couple of other things near here, but we've got a couple of fun segments to go over. So this is a new segment since the last time you've been on. And uh, so we'll go over the the kind of the rules, so to speak, here a little bit. And this is our United Cigar presidential segment uh, brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron, and now Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. So, yes, Renier, you heard that right. This is our pr- U.S. presidential segment. So when I got together with United Cigars, we wanted to do something a little bit fun and different uh, with this segment. And the idea was to take... Uh, my love of us presidents and create like this, this trivia question around it and just kind of talk about it because it's, it's really, I've always found, I find us presidents really, really intriguing individuals in history because there's a lot of things that kind of, kind of intersect us all and intersect us with, with presidents. So uh, we were talking a little bit about your background earlier. And when you came to this country, you came to the state of Wisconsin, which is why you're a Packers fan. Right. So, um, and, um, and so I went and dug into the history of, of the presidents and the state of Wisconsin. And it's actually interesting to know that uh, while Wisconsin has been a state since for, for over 150 years, um, oh, it wasn't until later in the 1800s um, that a, US, a sitting U.S. president actually visited Wisconsin, believe it or not. So before he was president, Abraham Lincoln visited Wisconsin. And Zachary Taylor, who was before he was president, was actually he was he was actually in the army and he was actually stationed in Wisconsin. So they were both in Wisconsin before they became presidents. Um, but 
my question to you is, and this is multiple choice, so don't worry about it, okay, <laughs> is which U.S. president was the very first U.S. president to visit the state of Wisconsin, okay? So is it A, James Garfield, B, Rutherford B. Hayes, or C, Theodore Roosevelt? I don't know the answer, but I would go with C. C. So there's actually a very famous story with Teddy Roosevelt in Wisconsin. I'm going to get to it, but the answer, the answer is actually B, Rutherford B. Hayes. B? Yeah. Okay. And so it's a really funny story about, about President Hayes because he went to Wisconsin to actually escape all the bad press that he was getting because he was actually one of the very first presidents that actually did not win the popular vote. Lincoln was another one, but that's a whole other story. But Hayes was actually one of the very first presidents to not win the popular vote. And it was actually under really high contention with the uh, um, the Electoral College if he actually won the Electoral College vote. So, like, you know, with this past election, we obviously had a lot of a lot of a lot of talk about voter discrepancy, and um, and there was a lot of voter discrepancy in the whole the in when Bush and Al Gore ran for president back in early two thousands, right? So. So that's it's been more of a recent discussion, but they actually had this actually happened back then, too. And what made matters worse is that actually in the state of Wisconsin, the governor of Wisconsin um, actually um, was actually was actually accused of and guilty of voter fraud. And he so he was ousted. So President Hayes actually escaped Washington. He left the East Coast to visit Wisconsin because he was getting so much bad press. Um, that he and he was and it was so controversial that he won the election that he actually agreed in his inaugural speech he agreed that he would only serve one term no matter what he was only going to serve one term um and he got as it were he actually got pretty much nothing accomplished because he was just it was just such a high a controversial win for him to win the white house that he almost got nothing accomplished but he visited wisconsin and he was the first sitting president to ever do so but you mentioned uh, you your guess was Teddy Roosevelt, right? So um, the the I don't know. Are you familiar with uh, Are you familiar with uh, the fact that Teddy Roosevelt actually got shot when he was giving a speech? There was an attempted an assassination attempt on him. Are you familiar with the story? I hear the story, but I, I don't know the story quite well. Okay, so he was actually there was an assassination attempt. He was actually shot in the chest, mind you. And he, it was actually, it, there's a very infamous story where he was shot and he gave a speech. It was like three, a three or four hour speech while he was bleeding. There was blood on his shirt while he was giving this speech. Um, and he gave this speech for like three hours or something. That was at, the infamous story actually took place in Wisconsin. He was actually shot in Wisconsin. So uh, wow. really, yeah, really funny story about, about that. But, um, but um, so are I, I are you have you have you become a U.S. citizen, Rainier? Are you still a, are you still a Cuban citizen? Are you some are you a citizen of someplace else? I have both. You have both. You're dual citizenship. Have yeah. you have you voted in a presidential election yet? Yeah. What was it? What was your first? I'm not going to ask who you voted for. What was the first one you? What was the your first time you voted for president? Last term. Oh, the last. So this. Oh, so 2020 was the first time you voted for president. Yeah. Oh wow! What an election to be a part of. <laughs> oh man! Oh gosh! <laughs> You're like, what did I get myself into? Mm -hmm. Oh man! Um, man, what will I mean? Look, years later, when you and Luciana are sitting down, you get to tell stories. You'll 
you'll say, yeah, the first time I ever voted for president, this happened. So, uh, man, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Um, that's awesome. What, is, well, what do you think about the, the Houston Astros? Mm -hmm. What do you think about the World Series? What do I think about the World Series? Um, I, uh, I was disappointed. I was rooting for the, I was rooting for the Phillies because Coop, you know, my partner, as you know, on Cigar, uh, Cigar, uh, Coop Primetime Special Edition, he's a Phillies fan. So I was, I was, uh, I was rooting for, I was rooting for my buddy's team. So it was, it was disappointing that they, that they lost, but there was a, it was a heck of a season for them because they, uh, they, they, were, they had a heck of a run. They weren't even, I mean, they didn't even, they had a, I mean, they were like 17 games out of first place and they got in like on the last day, like last couple of days of the season and stuff. And they made a heck of a run and, and uh, made it all the way to the world series. So it was pretty exciting for, for Coop and the Phillies, but they just, yeah, uh, I mean, the Astros, the Astros has been a really, really good team. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're just, they're so talented, man. They're, they, they have so much talent on that team. I mean, you can say what they want about, um, about them being cheaters and things like that and stuff. But I mean, there, I mean, there, there's no question, even before the cheating scandal and stuff, like just how much talent's on that team. There's, they're, they're, they have a lot of talent on that, on that team. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, they obviously, finally, you know, they finally got in Dusty Baker, finally got his first World Series. He's like 100 years old. Not really. He's 73. He's the oldest, he's the oldest coach or manager to ever win, uh, a major championship. Yeah. That, that was, you know, like when they won, I, I think, like, I mean, that was a quite surprise for me. I don't know. That was his first World Series. I was uh, thinking he was won before. First World Series win. Yeah, he's been to the World Series yeah. before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and that was that was always my knock against him. I'm not the you know a lot of my friends know I'm not the biggest Dusty Baker fan. I I, I apparently you know I have nothing but respect for him. I think you know I I've heard he's a really really great individual. Uh, so like it's never it's not like it's not like I'm mad about him winning because it's not like he's a jerk. It's like, you know, he's, a, he's not, a, you know, he's not like a piece of shit or anything like that. Uh, there, there are people to root against because they're just awful people and he's just not one of them. Um, but I've always thought that he was kind of overrated as a manager, but, uh, but he got his world series, man. It took, it took him quite a while to do it, but he finally got it and you can't take that away from him. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, they were a great team. They were the better team. So um, do you, I mean, is that kind of your, is that your sport of choice? Like, do like, if you had to like kick back and watch a, watch a game, are you you're, I mean, are you like, turning on baseball? Uh, I mean, the only thing like I remember to, to me here, this is like like in Cuba, of course, like back then when I was living there, baseball was was the crazy thing. It's not anymore. Now it's soccer in Cuba. And and then the other thing to me here, like I like baseball, but the season here to me is a really long season. Mm -hmm. So gotta be a gotta be a really good things they play for me to watch on it. And the other part is I just watch when the playoff starts. So did you become, okay, and I, I, I'm done busting your balls about it, but did you become a Yankee fan when you came to the United States or were you a Yankee fan back when you were back in, as a child in Cuba too? No, that was when I was back there. I, I was always rooting for Industriales, was the team from Havana. Mm -hmm. That was my team there. And I was a Yankees fan when I was there either. Okay. Okay, so it goes back a long way. I mean, in general, when you see like in QS, it's, it's quite like that. You will see a lot of people, Yankees fans. And and now for the World Cup or soccer, you will see a lot of people with room for Brazil. Brazil or Argentina. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that was actually, that's actually the sec- this question about soccer is actually going to come up here in a second uh, when we get to our this or that segment. But um, but yeah, no, I think there's a lot of, you know, the uh, I mean, there's a lot of discussion right now about like the, the game of baseball and like it's the season, how long it is, the games and everything like that. I I'm I'm just I'll always be one of those guys. I love I love the game the way it is. Um, so these changes that they're making, I'm not really a big fan of, like, I, I, I will sit and watch a one to zero game and it'll be like the happiest thing in my life. Like, I, I mean, I love a home run just as much as the next fan. Like, that's great. But like, if like, I got a pitcher's duel and a team wins one to nothing, like that's just as exciting to me. And I'll watch 162 games like that. And I'll think it's awesome, but I'm weird. I, I, I recognize that I'm weird because <laughs> most people want to see home runs. And, uh, and I get that, but, um, but it's a game of anticipation, which is what I really love. And that's why, that's it's why difficult. I really enjoy it. It's probably is people sometimes don't realize how difficult it's baseball. It's the hardest, baseball I think is, it's the hardest sport it's, in the world. Yeah, it's super difficult. I mean, you, you're thinking about a guy throwing a ball like 90 miles plus and you got, you have to get it. Yeah, ninety miles, a hundred miles an hour. Like, I mean, that thing is looking like this. I mean, it's it's a it's yeah, a speck, <laughs> and it's coming at you faster. You know, faster than anything. And the 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 angle that what it's coming at because they're on a they're on a they're at a higher ground. You know, the pitcher's at a higher ground. You know, if this pitcher is an average height, let's just say they're an average height for a male, which is about five ten, five eleven, which is actually short by Major League Baseball standards. But if they're an average human's height, that means. And you've got, and you're an average person height, and you're in the batter's box. Like you're all, you're already at a massive disadvantage. Like you're already at like a six foot, a six inch disadvantage. Now, if that person's six four and you're six feet, that's that's ten inches of disadvantage. Like it's just, it's crazy that you're that you're having to face someone at a disadvantage, and that and that yeah. people are successful at it. Like that's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Your your Aaron Judges, your Mike Trout's, your Bryce Harpers, like I mean, just like and I mean, like I imagine this, like just think about this way, like you go to about ten times and you have to hit it only three times, and you will be out of fame. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what I've, that's what I've always <laughs> loved about it is like you can fail seven out of ten times and you're like one of the best. Seven ever. out of ten. Yeah, yeah so like that. <laughs> that doesn't work in the cigar industry, you know, like. Like <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, right here. O- only only three of these ten cigars have to be good. It's all right. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're doing with Cuban cigars, man. And they're playing by baseball rules. Only three out of the ten cigars have to be good. So. <laughs> oh, well, in Cuba right now is really sad in the tobacco industry right now. In oh, it's really really sad. I, I I I was talking to a friend the other day. Actually, it was in Cuba weeks ago and he's from Pinar de Rio right and he was talking to me about like probably this year it's not going to be tobacco at all in Cuba the, the hurricane destroyed a lot oh god that's terrible oh, a, a, a lot of farms a lot of houses of tobacco it's, it's been like he said probably I don't know how this guy is going to make cigars this year because it's I mean you're talking about Pinar de Rio the region mm-hmm. They grow most tobacco in general in Cuba. Yeah, I mean it's and then and then, and then the only thing is, is, is the price point. Actually, today mm-hmm. I was in 
and my, my family home. Then I was smoking. My, my little brother was in Europe a few days ago, and he came in bad. He brought me to, he was in Italy, and he buy, he brought me the two cigars. Uh, I don't know if you hear about the Romeo and Juliet, the gold line, La Linea mm -hmm. de Oro. Right. 70 euros a piece. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the prices crazy. are getting insane. 70 euros. It's insane. Insane. You do mind 70 euros a piece for one cigar? You're talking about almost like $80 for one cigar. And I mean, you're not talking about nothing like limited edition, that just the regular line. No, definitely. Like, well, they they announced like these huge price increases, and the demand is still so great. And like, but their supply chain's so bad. Like, like they're you're seeing a lot, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you're well aware of this. Because um, how many how many countries do you distribute to? We do Venezuela and Dominican Republic. In addition to that. So, yeah, I'm so I'm sure you're actually probably seeing this. I'm, you know, I'm sure you've probably looked at Europe and everything, but Europe is going more and more to what we yep. call New mm -hmm. World cigars because they got to fill their shelves. They don't have anything. They got to fill their shelves. Yeah, mm -hmm. they don't have anything, and it's just nuts. And 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 the best part is, is they're liking these New World cigars, even though I was complaining about pricing a minute ago. The price is so much more affordable to them, and ultimately to their consumer, they can sell more. Uh, and it, it it's making a lot more sense for purveyor. So once once Cuba gets their supply back up, I'm not you know I'm I'm curious. I'm, I think they'll. I mean they'll always have a market. It's not like there's gonna. It's not like they're going anywhere. Yeah, but no, I mean the, the, the other part is you got the Chinese right now buying big time. Probably right now they they are sure. the number one people that buying cigars right now from Cuba. We are question. So everything that Cuba produced now, probably I would like to say eighty percent going. To China right now, and you gotta really. I mean, now probably you talking about like I don't know how this way play there, but you're talking about middle class up people in China. They still smoking cigars. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So say, well, I mean, you you thinking about seven million people smoking cigars there, and they just starting smoking cigars basically not long ago. Right. When you're talking when you're talking in a country the thirty percent of the population is most cigarettes. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. I mean it it just the uh it's crazy how Asia has just bl blown a lot of things like the what we call the boutique or craft markets. Like they they've taken over bourbon consumption, they've taken over tequila consumption. So a lot of spirits are getting like bought up through Asian markets. Like you said, Cuban cigars. They're, I mean, it's the number one market for them is Asia. Um, it's not even, I mean, it used to be Europe, hands down, and now it's now it's Asia. It's crazy, specifically China, like you mentioned. It's just nuts. It's just absolutely nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, um, go ahead. Like you say, if they started smoking cigars like crazy, there would be no tobacco at all. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so, um, I know we kind of got off topic there, but this was actually this was actually our, our presidential segment uh, sponsored by United Cigar. Uh, so uh, there, as always, our presidential segment is brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Gianna Havana. 
uh, and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. So, um, and we bounced around on some good topics there. We actually got a great this or that segment coming up here in just a second, uh, Rainier, which uh, I actually give you just two choices and you get to pick one. So it's something new that we're uh, we're doing here tonight as well. So a little bit more kind of rapid fire, but a little bit fun. We kind of actually already tackled one of the questions, so I'm going to have to scratch that off here in a second. But uh, this is the part of the evening and you and I were talking a little bit about this um, and I, w- I was pretty excited to to bring this uh, this up. So every week we talk about uh, a different charity or nonprofit, typically of my guest choosing. And uh, you, you were uh, you and I were talking about it. And I just we decided to go with Cigars for Warriors this week. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wanted to partner up with my friends over at Cigar Dojo, who are actually doing a fundraiser for Cigars for Warriors. And I'm going to put that in the chat here. It's a Fumar and fundraiser support the troops. And I'm going to post the link here in a little bit. And um, it's in conjunction with Cigar Dojo, you actually get some, it's a point system. So if you're a member of the Dojo verse, which I definitely recommend that you should be, cause it's a pretty cool community, uh, for, for all cigar smokers. Uh, they're big HVC fans on the Dojo verse. You can even get, if you smoke enough HVC cigars and post them, you can get your, you can get your HVC badge, which I actually, I have. Uh, Cause I smoke enough HVC cigars. So I get the badge and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and post that in the chat and that'll be also in the note show notes later. Um, but here are the, here are the rules for it. Uh, so you can uh, one second, I can post it in the chat. Like I said, um, give me one second. And so, um, and I'll go over the rules here momentarily. Here we go. So here we go. All right. So uh, every donation should uh, every donation. So they're looking for monetary donations and cigar donations and every cent goes to cigars for warriors and every cigar goes to American servicemen and women um, that are stationed uh, stationed and sent abroad. So this way uh, you can get credit uh, for it. So basically in this particular post, you'll see that you can leave in, if you send in cigars, you can send them to the Cigar Dojo HQ. Um, and uh, which is, the address is uh, 2679 South Klein Circle, Lakewood, Colorado, 80227. That's eight, uh, Dojo HQ 2679 South Klein, that's K-L-I-N-E Circle, Lakewood, Colorado, 80227. And and you can leave a note. So you just put Cigars for Warriors, what your name is, what your dojo handle is, like your screen name, your email, so you get credit for it, and say what you're donating. It could be either money or cigars or a combination of the two. And then you get points for it, and then you get actually entered into a really cool drawing that Eric and Jordan are doing there at Cigar Dojo. But again, all proceeds are going to uh, Cigars for Warriors, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Cigars for Warriors was actually, uh, uh, and they've always done some tremendous work. So, Rainier, I don't know if you know this, so um, you're probably familiar with this with nonprofits. Like nonprofits around the the globe, they get rated, um, you know, for their their legitimacy. You know, like what you know, because there's some charities out there mm-hmm. that are pretty bad. You know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of the money doesn't go to the people that they're supposed to help and everything. But Operation Cigars for Warriors has always been, um, has, has always had these top ratings from these rating companies that rate nonprofits and charities. So in fact, uh, it was just recently announced this week that Cigars for Warriors was named to the 2022 top rated list by great 
nonprofits, which is a great organization that rates these nonprofits. And, um, and, um, and it's just incredible work that Storm Bowen and his team there at Cigars for Warriors do. And, and they're teaming up with Cigar Dojo to this, do this great uh, raffle that you could get entered in for. But of course, again, all proceeds go to uh, Cigars for Warriors. So uh, you can pick up uh, your favorite HVC cigars and donate them. Uh, maybe half and half. Maybe buy a box, get half for yourself, donate the other half. Uh, or donate an entire box. It'll be pretty cool uh, so that they can enjoy some HVC cigars or anyone else's cigars for that matter. So uh, it's a pretty cool stuff. I mean, um, have you have you worked with them at all before, Rainier? Have you done any work with Operations for Garza Warriors? No. So it's a really great organization um, and they have a booth every year at PCA. Um, and uh, have you ever have you ever met Storm Bowen? I, I, I met a guy there, actually, that was last year. He stopped by the booth and he said, like, hey, we are, I think he's from New Jersey, I think. And he said, hey, you guys want to donate some cigar for Cigar Warriors, just let me know in the end of the show. And the guy stopped by by the booth and I give them some boxes of cigars to give. Oh, to that's great. Okay. So you have worked with them. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Well, yeah, but I mean, but that, that was at the show there, not for <laughs> me, like. But yeah, that wasn't the show of the PCA I, I, I get it. You're being humble, Rainier. It's okay. If you don't want to give yourself credits, it's so like, <laughs> it's, uh, but that's still great. I mean, um, I think one of the, I think one of the great things about this charity is that like, um, and a lot of people think that, you know, I think when, when people, when they were first starting and everything, people were thinking like, oh, people were just donating trash cigars and stuff like that. But Storm was telling me when I had the opportunity to interview him on the show last year, he was telling me that they get, um, I mean, they get all different types of cigars. Yes. And, you know, obviously they do get a number of like more value price stuff, but he says, you'd be shocked at like people will donate boxes of like really premium cigar, like really high end premium stuff to them. And so they're able to ship those out. And, you know, I mean, these are cigars for, again, for our American servicemen and women abroad and they get, you know, they, they're out there defending our country and they're in some of the, you know, places that we wouldn't, we would never want to be as normal average citizens and you know it's uh they get to they get to have a break and everything and smoke a great cigar and uh like this 10th anniversary that i'm still smoking on because it's fantastic and uh and they get to enjoy life for a little bit and escape from uh escape from their reality which is really really terrific so so that's uh that's our that's our charity for tonight and uh so again um i post the link in the chat you can see it in the show notes later but uh they're doing a fantastic fundraiser fumar and fundraiser uh, support the troops uh, with Cigar Dojo. All the rules are in that post. Uh, Eric posts uh, all the rules on how to get entered. Uh, it's pretty awesome. You can actually still go through the Cigars for Warriors website. You just have to screenshot your order or your donation and uh, send it to to Eric. And uh, you can do it through the Dojoverse or through his email or uh, mail through snail mail to their HQ, which I gave the address earlier. So uh, great stuff. Great stuff at all. So. Um, well, Rainier, going. I wanted to go jumping back to HVC for a second. We talked a lot about your new factory. We've talked a lot about some of the newer cigars, the new, the new release, the selection number one, and the Black Friday project, which has been so successful for you. Um, but the uh, the the one, the smaller project that I wanted to touch on because I think if you blink, you missed it. And this was something that was really exciting. And I actually had a, uh, I actually was really excited to see that you did. But you. Uh, you did a project with El Teton de Bronze for a La Rosa 520 rare of rare cigar. Yep. So um, 
um, assuming that's extremely limited edition. How many how many boxes did you do? Five hundred boxes. Hundred or five? Five hundred. Five hundred. That's still that's not that Ten many. Count. So, oh my five gosh! Five thousand cigars. Oh, yeah. right. and those we have we haven't cheapened yet. Those those coming soon. I know. I'm super excited about this. This is yeah, something really. That, that's that's probably when, when you're talking about the project. Probably that's the rare project that I have been working on in, in my years in the business. I mean, because it was, I mean, the first time doing a cigar on Sayo Haganosanif, the first time for us using Sumatra and Medio Tiempo as well in the fillers, and the first time using Dominican tobacco. On. That's exciting. So how did I, um, I love, I love Sandy there, uh, Sandy Cobus there at LT and LeBron. She does such fabulous work and the cigar she makes are so incredible and everything. How did, how did you hook up with her? How did this, how did this project come to be? I mean, I, I, I know them for quite a while. So even before, like, even before I was the business, because my family have a great relationship with Sandy and, and I was going there to see them, how they do things there. And that was a thing that I said, well, let's, I want to create something here in Miami. So something made in the U.S. And, and that's, and, and she was really open up with me. And she was like, hey, what you have to do is come in here and, and, and pick basically what you want and blend it and just, just do it. And, and I told her, I, I, I want to bring the wrapper. So I, I never worked before with, with Sumatra wrapper. Mm-hmm. So and I taste and it's really flavorful. I really uh, enjoy it, and, and that's basically how I hook him up with Sandy. And that's she awesome. was like, like I say, she was really open up to that. I like, say, yeah, just come here and you do the blends and you that and just let me know. So you still, so you still blended the cigar. You you wanted to work with its wrapper, and then you have you working with Dominican for the first time. I mean, that's a lot of new stuff in a very small order. Um, really, really exciting. What, what's, what's, what's the Vitola going to be? Is it several Vitolas or just one Vitola? What's the, what is it? It's the, it's the Torpedo, the 52. Okay. Yeah. My sixth and quarter, 52 Torpedo. Actually, that was the one that we did it for the TPE in January. And we were so loud and just in a few hours there. And I said, it was, it's not going to cheap in yet. Probably we're going to start shipping those, I would like to say, next month. Mm-hmm. It's been almost a year. It's crazy. It's, I mean, it's just yeah. a lot to do with all the, the all the supply chain issues that have been going on and everything. Like, uh, I've been engaging them for a while now. Are the cigars ready and you're just like waiting on boxes? Because that's what I've been hearing a lot lately from people. Yep. 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 Okay. Okay. So we're, uh, I mean, any day now or is it still... You're you're hoping probably, for. I, to say, probably I I I think probably in the beginning of December I'm going to. Okay. Start shipping those out. So a few yeah. more weeks. I mean, okay. you're talking about like just only 500 boxes. They are like so you say completely sold out. It's not like you're going to see that box everywhere in every mm-hmm. single shop. So. But I'm That's really excited about that project and, and to see what. what I really the most exciting thing for me with that blend. I can wait for people really smoking. And, and hear the feedback, what they think about the blend. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super excited for it. Like I said, I love everything that she that comes out of her factory. I mean, I, I don't think I've had a cigar that she's made 
that I didn't like, uh, which is saying something, because even though that factory is very, very small, I mean, she makes quite a quite a bit of cigars for a lot of different people, and she's done a lot of cool projects like the one she's done for you. So that's really um, that's really, really exciting. I'm stoked for it. And that, especially since these are tobaccos that you haven't worked with before. That's pretty cool. Um, why did you decide on the torpedo? Was it just something you just wanted to do? I mean, oh, it was oh, 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 oh. Always with La Rosa 520 has been like these really small projects that I want to jump on it, right? La Rosa 520 has always been like that, like something quite super, super limited, not even close to even developed Friday. So it's always been super limited quantity of things. Right. There's something special that I find and I want to work with. And, and, and I say, let me, I, we never done the site before either in our portfolio. That's true. That was something else. Yeah, I was just say I haven't seen before from you before. I couldn't remember if you did something else, but yeah, if that's the first, that's great. No, yeah. I guess the closest would be the Concession 2011, but that was more of a perfecto. That wasn't. Yeah, that's more like a double figurado. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Really exciting stuff. So cool. All right. Well, just a few more segments here, Rainier. Again, I can't thank you enough for your time this evening, and I appreciate you hanging in there as we kind of had some technical difficulties as, as we got the show launched up and everything. So thank you so much. Um, hey, thank you. Um, but uh, so this is a new a newer segment that we're starting to do. It's, again, more a little bit more rapid fire. I'm calling it this or that. So the idea is I give you two things, and you just you tell me why, uh, what which one you choose and why. So there's there's it's it's multiple choice sort of, but it's the, it's one thing or the other. So we already did one of them. We talked about this, but I'm, uh, but you know, we talked about baseball, but if, and you said soccer is really popular in Cuba, but we didn't really talk about your preference. So would you rather go soccer or American football? Stop. It's a really light bulb. Well, what do you want to meet? So, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that really depends on the moment and depends on the season because, I mean, when probably you say the World Cup against the Super Bowl, I, I got to watch both. Okay, okay. Right, I, I got to watch both. All right, so if the World Cup's on, if the, it, not that this would happen at the same time, but if the World Cup championship and the Super Bowl were on at the exact same time, this would never happen. Um, but if it were, which would, you couldn't, you couldn't pick one? <laughs> You'd have you'd have two TVs on. But, but, but exactly, probably that's that's what I'm going to say. Probably we're going to watch both. Games. You know what? Let me watch both games. Yeah, because I'm. Really... Okay. Okay. Um, who, who's your uh, who's your uh, soccer team? Brazil. Brazil. Okay. Yeah. Do you watch like any European soccer? Do you watch like English English Premier League or anything like that? Or I, I am a Real Madrid fan. Real Madrid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I have to confess this. I am not a soccer fan. I don't really follow it. I do watch the World Cup because like how do you not watch like how, how do you not watch something that like captures the world's attention like that? That's pretty exciting stuff. So um when uh I was pretty ex- my wife is German and so when Germany won a you know a few years ago, that was really that was really exciting for us. Um because she's German and everything. So that was kind of cool. All right, so next question. Here we go. Chicken or fish to eat? Chicken or fish? Fish. All right. What's your favorite? What's your favorite fish to eat? Wow. I like Bronzino a lot. Oh, Bronzino is so good. I was hoping yeah, you'd like say that. I love Bronzino. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you did you uh, did you grow up eating a lot of seafood in Cuba or? I mean, you you eat seafood in Cuba, but not a lot. 
Not a lot. Okay. You think that, that that sounds quite weird because we are in an island, but right. <laughs> Did you? Was it a lot? Of, was it a lot of chicken growing up, or was it beef or pork? Yeah, or? chicken. More, more, more chicken and pork. Chicken Basically, and pork. Okay. more chicken and pork. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, when you look at a lot of the like you know famous chicken, you know chicken, famous Cuban dishes, you're 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 more. You, it's more pork. Uh, pork. Yeah. Pork. So, I uh, um. What's your favorite? What's your favorite place to eat seafood? Do you have a favorite fresh restaurant where you live or anything like that? Well, I mean, not really, but I mean, it's quite. A, I mean, I like it is a restaurant here in Miami that's really famous. It's called, I mean, oh my god, it's Osteria. Mm-hmm. It's really good here in Miami, and actually, they have one, and I don't know if you saw in the Venice. Yeah, they opened a new one there. Yeah. It was new. It was like only a year or two years. So the one right there in the middle between the Venetian and the Palazzo. I was about to say that sounded familiar. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've walked, you know, we walk blue, by yeah. it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. The Greek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I love fish. I absolutely love fish. I eat a lot of chicken, but I have to say, like, if, if I had a choice, and I can't put, like, if you had asked me when I was, like, you know, like a young kid, like, I would never pick fish, but I love fish. Now I will eat fish all the time. It's so good. Um, and I love Bronzino. I, I'm really excited that you said that. So, all right. Um, yeah. All right. In terms of cutting your cigar, would you prefer to use a cutter or your fingernail? I use probably 99% I use my fingernail. Every manufacturer does. I feel like I don't think they can use the cutter. Yeah, well, 99% I, I never use cutter. Like, yeah, look, look at this. Awesome. So, okay. If, if, okay. So if you had, if you had some cutters in front of you, right. What would you go to? Would you do a V cut? Would you do a guillotine? What would you, what would you reach for? If you reach for a cutter? I would go a straight cut. Straight cut guillotine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. that's funny because I see a lot, most people, a lot of people like the V cut. Yeah. You see I, a lot of the cigar charts, a lot of people like the, the mm-hmm. deep side of the cigar. I did a lot more V cutting when I was uh, when I was younger, when I was starting out and stuff, because I just thought it was cool. I, I I straight cut everything though, and I haven't really gotten. I've tried I've tried over the years to kind of perfect the th- fingernail thing. I don't know how you guys do it so well, um, but I've tried. I've I mean, tried oh, you gotta do it inside the cup. Yeah, that, I mean, someone showed me once when that, I was in the Dominican. You, they're like, you, they, got, they're, you gotta do. It's almost you like gotta a pinch. do just. You gotta do just inside the cup, right? You see the cup and the cigar, and you want to do inside. You don't want to go outside that because if you go outside, you can break the wrapper inside. If you do inside, that okay. will work perfect. Okay, got it. Got it. I'll keep. I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying to get that down. So, all right. So I over the years I've noticed that you've more. You've gone more towards the beard, which is fantastic. I love that you. I. I the more beards in this world, the better. I've always said that. So, but would you rather be bearded or clean shaven? I mean, I, I don't shave at all. I, I don't remember when was the, really the last time I shaved. When you don't remember the last time you were clean shaven? No, yeah. Okay, it's I'm going to show like, you. Wow. I'm going to show you a like, photograph. I'm going to show you a photograph. Years. Yeah. Now you've got some facial hair in this, but this was a long time ago. Can you, I want you to tell me if you remember when this was? Oh my God! You got that one! Wow! 
this uh, this was a long time ago. Oh my God! This is our this is our friend Rainier here on the left for for people. That was me. Actually, that was before I came here to US. You're talking out there about 2007. Uh, so this is 2007. Okay, and you still have facial hair. Yeah. So you still have facial hair. Okay. All and, right. And, and, I was, and actually, it was with the hair it was almost here in my shoulders here with really long yeah. hair there. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah the, the lighting in this isn't very good. Yeah, I, I saw the long hair too, man. That was, uh, yeah, you were, uh, you got some nice, a nice suave look. The, the, the shirt button unbuttoned too. Like, man, you're looking real smooth, man. So this was 2007. So that was, so, so how old were you here? I was there 22. Gosh. Yeah, wow. 22 back in Havana. Yeah, I, I found this picture of you and I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest. This is the greatest picture ever. This is fantastic. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, so were you, you, you weren't smoking cigars then, right? Or were you? No, were you no, 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 no. <laughs> I say back then you told me I would be in the cigar brand. I say, wow, you're crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. That's the that's the young Rainier Lorenzo who thought uh, his his future was going to be in the medical industry right there. That's great. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you didn't go that direction, Rainier. I'm so glad you didn't do that. That's that's awesome. Um, okay, go back to this or that. Here we go. Ready? Go back to this or that. So just a couple more of these. And okay, uh, this is for uh, vacation. Europe or Asia? I mean, I, I haven't been in Asia, but I would take Europe. Europe? Where Where in Europe do you do you like to visit? Spain. Spain? Yeah, I like Spain a lot. Do you, is there a place in Spain? Do you like Do you like Madrid? Do you like Barcelona? I know those are like. I like no, I like San San, Sebast San Sebastian. San Sebastian. Do you uh, say San Sebastian, right? I, I don't know you. What do you say in English? San Sebastian. Yeah, San Sebastian. I mean, I'll say it. Yeah. I mean, I would say it the same way. I I had Omar de Frias on, and he he actually spent some time in Spain. He said he lived it there too. Um, he lives in Sebastian too. It's a beautiful, beautiful. Spain is beautiful. I absolutely. I think it's. I think. I think it's highly underrated because everyone talks about. Everyone talks about Italy, which is gorgeous. No, I'm not knocking Italy. Everyone talks about, you know, France, especially Paris, right? It's beautiful. Um, you know, Germany has some incredible architecture too. Biased. My wife is German, but Spain is gorgeous. Spain's absolutely gorgeous. It's fantastic. And I mean, it's such also such a nice like melting pot of cultures too. Like the food and everything is very unique. Yeah, the food, I mean, the food is to me is incredible. I mean, in my opinion, that's the place I've been when you eat there in Spain, it's like wow. Yeah, it's uh it's really, oh God, it's such a beautiful country. Is there a place in Europe that you haven't been that you want to go? I want to go to Praga. How do you say Praga? Prague? Prague, yeah. Prague, I okay. Been there. Okay, yeah, in the I Czech Republic? Go. Okay. Yeah. So Eastern Europe, I hear, okay. I, I, I hear it's beautiful there. Yes, it's a beautiful city. I hear it's yeah. a beautiful city, yeah. Yeah, I've... Uh, um, one of my uh, one of my dear friends from high school actually lived there for a few years after college, and he loved it. He thought it was he thought it was awesome. He, um, he had to, he was on a, like a some kind of work visa that expired. And he wasn't able to go back, and he's been trying to go back ever since. So 
but he loves it there. So that's cool. Um, all right. Last one. And this is a fun one. <laughs> uh, these are supposed to be random anyway. So uh, when you get out of the shower, towel or air dry? Towel. <laughs> <Me Yeah. too. laughs> nothing risque here, guys. Nothing, <laughs> nothing to look at. Just towels. Yeah. I use a towel too. Um, I, uh, I don't know where this question came from. I was just putting random questions together and, uh, I was actually, uh, I'll t- well, actually I'll tell you exactly where it came from. I was typing up these questions last night and I was watching Jerry, Jerry Maguire in the background. Uh, are you familiar with the film, the movie Jerry Maguire? No. Okay. There's a scene where Cuba Gooding Jr. Comes out of the shower and Tom Cruise says to him, he says, can I get you a towel? He's like, no, I air dry. <laughs> so he's just standing there butt naked so that's where that question came from all right cool all right that was it this or that segment for uh this evening got a couple more questions for you here when you're this is our um uh one of our newer segments and uh, this is our uh segment sponsored by asylum cigars refuge is more than just a physical place it can be a state of mind some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum moments like these were made for asylum cigars so Choose uh, light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, Rainier, we we talk about cigars a lot. Obviously, a ton on this show. Um, it's 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 our life. You know, much more. Your, I have a day job, but mm-hmm. it's much more your life than it is mine. But it's still a huge part of my life. And and uh, and um, like you, cigars for me were really captivating because of the community behind it, the people. Right? You know, you you often share cigars with you know, one person or two people or a group of people. And it's a very much a a community driven vocation, but every so often, right. Every so often we have those moments where it's just us, right. It's just us by ourselves. We're smoking a cigar. Maybe we're listening to music. Maybe we're celebrating, you know, an accomplishment or something. And, um, it's just all about that moment in the cigar. So you've probably had several over the years, but what's one that comes to mind where you were smoking a cigar and it was about a particular moment? Can you recall what that moment was and what cigar you were smoking? I mean, usually it's like, uh, I, I don't know why, but it, it is a place in Havana. It's the Hotel Nacional in Havana. Every time you smoke a cigar there in the patio, in the Hotel Nacional in the afternoon, watching the sunset, it's, it's unbelievable. That's beautiful. When yeah, was the last time? Like, when was the last time you were there? 2019. So, do you do you have a lot of family there? Yeah, I still with some family there. Yeah, my okay. close family is here, but I still with some family there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the opportunity to go to the Hotel Nacional in Havana in the patio and smoking a cigar there. I mean, whatever cigar do you like, and watching the see the Malecon and watching the sunset there is it's beautiful. Do you happen to remember what you were smoking the last time you were there? Not really. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's no, yeah, it's great. It it, 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 like you say, it's about the moment, right? Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. the experience that you got there, the music and the background. Like it, it's it's beautiful there. You know, what's really funny is that. I've never been to Cuba, but last week uh, I had coupon 
my show and we were talking about this we were doing the same segment and he he's talked about over the years he's smoked some cigars in 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 special places and one of his places was exactly where you're talking about he was at the hotel de nacional and and it was the sunset it was everything exactly the way you described it so there's something about that place that that just is yeah it's something about that place like like that that. yeah Mm -hmm. that's perfect that's that's really the man how ironic that's really great awesome all right well um that was our segment brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So, uh, Rainier, a lot has changed uh, since you and I were actually were on the show. We've talked since then in between. But the last time you were on here, um, I think you, you, you had just gotten married. And now you have a beautiful one-year-old son, Luciano. Congratulations. You were talking about Thank him you. earlier. Um, and uh, he is, I've seen pictures of him, man. He is just, he is cute as can be. You must be one proud, yeah, one proud papa. That's the greatest gift you can ever imagine. Yeah, that's, that's unbelievable. So did you, did you have a cigar, uh, like a special cigar that you smoked when he was born? Did you celebrate with a cigar or did you celebrate another way? No, actually, in that moment, I remember I was smoking. Actually, I remember the cigar quite well. I was smoking the 500 and eventually the Tesoro size. Oh. That was the cigars I used when he was born. Yeah. That's awesome. What did you guys have any cigars at your wedding? I'm sure you did. Like, what did you did you yes. have a special one? What did you? No, what? actually, what actually was the 500 and eventually Tesoros. Oh, okay. So, so, so that's so yeah, that's your that's actually, your celebration cigar. It looks like that was, and actually that was even before, and we bring a couple of cerros, and we bring the cerro maduros and naturas as well. See, that's I love I love that cigar of yours. You know, you know how much of a fan I am of the cerro maduro. It's even so that was the, even that was the five hundred before it even was came out to the market. That's awesome. I love that cigar. It's so good. Um. So I the um. Have you have you ever thought about like I've asked this question before manufacturers and stuff like so like when when other people have have any, has anyone ever shared like when they when their child was born or when they were at a wedding or some celebratory event and have they ever shared moments that they've been smoking your cigar have they ever have you have you ever experienced that when someone tells you that yeah. hey I was smoking what mm-hmm. how does that this, this is a stupid question, but how does that make you feel? Like you, you. I mean, like, like, like I, I always say this to me. To me, that one of the greatest feeling when I, when I, when I, when I create something or whatever cigar. I mean, even though it has to be a special occasion like that, like you say, a wedding or something. It's like when people came to me and say, "Hey, I, I really love what you do. I really love your cigars." That, that, that to me is is it's it's unbelievable feeling, right? Because you put a lot of work in something and you creating something and you hope that people, they, they, you share your passion and love for what you do. And when somebody came to you and say that, that's that's amazing feeling to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so we just moved to this house back in January and, uh, and it was, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been an event moving and everything. So we're still moving. Everyone's like, Oh, are you unpacked yet? I'm like, no, not even close. Uh, been in, been in here almost a year and it's still, it's still a work in progress. But um, one of the first, 
cigars that I actually, I believe it was, it actually was, it was the first cigar. Um, it was the first cigar that I, that I smoked on my patio. Um, and I just went out there. I, I turned on some music and I was like, and I, it was after a really long day of moving stuff. And I was, I mean, I was exhausted and I reached to my, uh, one of my travel caddies and I was like, man, I just want to smoke something like I, I, you know, had this grandiose thing that I was going to smoke this like celebration cigar, but I was like, no, I want to smoke something that I know it's just going to be, it's going to hit perfectly. And I reached in and I grabbed a Sierra Maduro and that was the cigar that I smoked. That was the first cigar I smoked on my patio here back in January. And it was awesome. It was, um, and it was really great because, you know, like you talked about like the sunset in Cuba well, the sun had already set like it was and I live out in the country now. So like there's no light unless I have lights on on my patio. Like there's no light like it's just dark and you can see the stars better than any other, you know, never better than I ever could in the city. And I grew up in cities like I grew up in El Paso, Texas, moved out here, lived in the middle of a city for my entire life. And so like when I didn't even think about it. Like, but when I turned out, I turned off the patio lights and I just lit up your cigar and I was like, and I was sitting there smoking. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I saw all the stars and it was just, and it was just incredible. It was just so, it was so beautiful. And it was so peaceful and so quiet. Like That's so quiet. Like people, yeah. People talk about like, Oh, I love peace. Like when they t- use the term peace and quiet, like I get that. Like, man, it's just, it's just on a different level out here. Like, and my neighbors like are pretty close. Like still, like, I don't like, I mean, I have, we moved out here cause we wanted some land, but like, I mean, there's still homes like nearby, but like it is like you could literally, I mean, I'm outside and you could literally hear a pin drop. I mean, it's just that, it's just that quiet. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> so, but yeah, but that was the, that was the cigar that I smoked on the patio. It was really great. So, um, oh, wonderful. Rainier, I, again, we got one last question here tonight, but I, again, I can't thank you enough. I know Sundays are family nights and I know you're heading out early tomorrow. Thank you. I can't believe so I can't. I, I didn't know about your flight until before the show started. I can't believe no, no, you no, agreed no. to do this. That's crazy, man. Uh, what, what time? I'm. I'm. A, oh God, I'm. I'm going to kill myself for asking this question. What time's your flight tomorrow? At five thirty. Oh my gosh. Oh God. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. I shouldn't have done. It. Okay. All right. Last question for the night. It's our Dunbar Tobacco and Trust Curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs? It doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Seven consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Steve Saka. So, all right, Rainier, if you could have an unlimited supply of a specific type of tobacco that you know you could use in a lot of different blends, present and future, what would that tobacco be? Wow, you're talking about a new project or the blends I have already? It's an open-ended question. However, you want to answer it. Yeah, no, like well, no wrong answers here. What tobacco would be? You say that was your question, right? Yeah, what tobacco uh, yeah. would be like if you could have an unlimited supply. Question, you... If you could have an unlimited supply of any tobacco, what would it be? If you wanted it for current projects, that's fine. If you needed it for future, what would it? Doesn't matter. You're talking about the sea. Sure, I, I was just talking about the tobacco leaf. The tobacco, the tobacco leaf, yeah, probably I would like to say Corojo. Corojo? Okay. Yeah, Corojo. Any specific 99, 2012? What? 
Probably over 99. The Corojo 99. Been, yeah, it's been a staple for you, so I guess I'd, I'd understand that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something that I really like it, like what really brings to the to the blends. Like, to me, it's so unique. So, yeah, I can work with that all along. Do you, I mean, do you ever think that that will be, because we're talking about a lot about in the last few years, you, we, you know, you've, and, and I know you're familiar with this because you started using broadleaf. I know the broadleaf shortage has been plaguing the industry in a lot of yeah, different ways. That's been a, a nightmare. <laughs> Do you ever think we'll have a problem like that with Corojo? I don't know. Yeah. You know I mean, that's, never yeah, say never, but know. never say yeah, always. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not, right? Hopefully not, but yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like it's been a pretty steady, a steady uh, seed for the most part. I'm grown in Nicaragua and yep. grown in Honduras. Like you can grow it in different, mm-hmm. it seems to be pretty hardy. It can be grown in different, you get obviously different products, but um, it seems to be I mean, a pretty then, yeah. nice state. And the other thing is like, even you can go back to Cuba and you can see they always try to work with that seed. Now Cuba came out with you like 2018 and 2019. They have been testing both seeds now. So, like, and always they go back to Corojo, right? So, if they go back to Corojo, you ask your question, well, why they go back to that? It's because it's, it's unique. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Corojo 99. All right. Perfect. Well, Rainier, I'm going to let you get out of here and try to get some rest before your flight. Thank you so much again <laughs> for stopping by tonight, having a great conversation. So good to see you, my friend. Um, really Thank excited, you. really excited to, uh, really excited for this new project coming out of El Team de Bronze, but so excited for the many Medi projects to come in the future of HVC coming out of your own factory. Look for some great stuff. If you go out there, you can check out the selection on number one. I know that's something that's going to be on my menu for the next couple of weeks just to go out and get some of those. Cause I really want to try it. Uh, not if you're an HVC fan, this is something different. It's stronger, but it's still got that HVC feel to it. So check it out. Uh, and check out all your other HVC products wherever your uh, local tobacconist has them. Um, and uh, they've got some fantastic products. If you need any recommendations, just slide into my chat and I'll have plenty for you because it's a brand that I've been really, really happy with over the years. Uh, Rainier's made some incredible blends and they've consistently made my top 10 uh, almost every single year. So um, top three in three consecutive years. So thank um, you. Great, great stuff from HVC. So, Rainier, thank you so much. For everyone out there, thank you to our audience for hanging out late with us as always. Your likes, your shares, your comments, they all keep them coming. Check out our Facebook page, Alosa Kumar, for upcoming guests and our schedule. Next week, we celebrate five years. Yes, we celebrate five years of Alosa Kumar Takes. It's going to be a fantastic show. Tim Wong will be back. Thank you very much. Tim Wong will be back. He was my very first take. Uh, he'll be back with the entire Cigar Coop Coalition. Coop will be back on the show along with Ben Lee and Aaron Nielsen. We'll be celebrating five years of Ellis Kumar Takes. Um, we've got some other great shows coming up in the next few weeks, too, going into December as well as we conclude the new year. And yes, everyone will be excited on the 8th of January. We'll be doing our top 10 cigars of 2022. So you definitely want to tune in for that. Our YouTube channel is L.O. Sukumar. Hit the subscribe button if you're listening to podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or iHeartRadio. Hit the download, subscribe, and review button. If you are a subscriber, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget hit to hit resubscribe. That helps my numbers so that I can get great people like Rainier back. And hopefully, next time we have Rainier back, he won't have a 5 a.m. flight. You can notice that I'm talking really fast because we got to get out of here. He's got to get some sleep. So for everyone out there, 
My name is Barry Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. He's Rainier Lorenzo. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.